hello welcome good morning good afternoon and good evening wherever you are welcome to my podcast worker wash and i'm your host wasu so in today's podcast we are going to talk about portraits so portraits in watercolor are always amazing and it's a very interesting topic um uh, it's one of those things that i'm very much known for so my background is not uh, initially it was not of a watercolor artist but uh, it was always a portrait artist and i did nearly 300 to 400 portraits in my college days so so whoever came and sat in front of me in the train i used to take a 3 hour long train journey every day to go to the college it was a slow train and people used to come in front of me i used to i think i have already told this story i used to sketch them and i kept the pen and i gave the paper back so whoever comes to me used to come with a pen and a paper and i always used to do that uh, with a ball pen so that's uh, the background that i have as a portrait artist and i think i did fairly good job uh, by then uh, that's why I like so many people came anyways so portraits in watercolor i started when i started doing watercolor and the first thing and the first um, temptation in front of me was to oh it would be amazing like if i can do portraits in watercolor and yes i i attempted in like very first a uh, few paintings of mine like i did some landscapes a few uh, still life and then i was like it's enough and i i think i can do portraits in watercolor you can check out uh, uh the portraits that i've made on my instagram at the right wasu.wc v a s u.wc that's all you need to search and uh, you'll see what i have done so uh, we'll talk this in more detail and uh, we'll go segment by segment so uh, the first segment that i want to talk about the portrait is the sketching of a portrait right before we do um, uh, we use watercolor how do i sketch my portrait before doing the watercolor and what other artists do yeah as well so sketching uh, was very natural to me especially the portrait sketching was very natural to me the way i used to uh, do sketching early in early days was i used to draw the left eye sorry the right eye first and then i replicate it to the left eye leaving a space between uh, right and left eye is one eye and then i measured the eye distances from like nose and the uh, the size of the nose will be again another eye and uh, and then i will measure like what is the pupil uh, where the lips end on the on both sides uh, with respect to pupil and then I, then i used to go out and uh, do the chin uh, and then uh, the forehead and uh, so it was like more of a reference based um sketching but i have changed my technique uh, over the time especially when i'm doing portraits in watercolor and the technique is I, what i use is uh, i do three lines on the faces i think uh, most of you are aware of andrew lumis uh, book that came out I, i went through that book it's a really interesting book and it definitely has uh, 
something that can give you a lifetime skill to draw portraits, but it's very hard to gain um, that skill as well. So I simplified that technique, I, I, and you can find it on YouTube. Many artists do that, that then they first draw a circle and the, the center of the circle is your um, eyebrows. And then if you divide this, that circle in like six equal vertical parts, so what, uh, what you're going to, do, sorry, horizontal parts. So the first part is where your hairline is. And the third part is where, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the, the center part is your eyebrows. And then you go two parts down again, and that's your nose and only one part is left. So that's where your lips, the middle of your lips start, and then you just create another seventh part outside the circle, and that goes as your chin. And this was very convenient to me. I tried this to convey in a Skillshare class, because it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's something that I found out when I uh, first discovered this technique a few years ago. I used to try this, and uh, on like, you know, uh, to get this uh, memorized and get it in my muscle memory, what I did is I used this technique, I, I draw 10 portraits. I just did draw. I didn't uh, try to uh, render it or I didn't check it for resemblance. It was so quick, like I could, I was able to draw, in two hours I was able to draw 15 portraits just like just the drawing not and uh, they were quite accurate they were quite accurate by the measure i scrapped the whole video that i shot for my skillshare class just the reason was like the quality of my voice or the quality in of the way that i put that class was not acceptable to me and i'm still learning i'm still learning how to do the podcast how to uh, speak fluently in front of mic and uh, it's very chaotic sometimes so I, I i i apologize for that and it it's a learning curve for me and I'll, i think i'll get better so coming back to that portrait class that i'm going to put on skillshare i want to uh, put it in such a way that i have three objectives uh, for the people who will take that class number one is to take out that fear of like complexity of portrait. Uh, whenever it comes to, there are so many people out there who do so well in all the subject and they say that I can't draw portraits. I can't do portraits. And in fact, there is an artist from Australia and he's so realistic and I congratulated him on Instagram. Uh, we had a few messages exchanged and that guy said, oh, but you do the portraits, right? Uh, portraits are tough. I don't do that. And I thought like, you know, this guy was my hero a few minutes ago and this is what he's saying. Yeah, I don't want to take his name. And amazing guy, amazing work. His, his work was phenomenal. I was blown away the first time I saw it. Anyways, so there are so many people out there who think the portrait is like one of the toughest thing to do. I agree to some extent and um, but there, there is a way uh, to take away the fear out. So I want to take away the fear out of people as well by, uh, by showing them this technique of three lines. One is your, uh, the first one. Uh, so the first part is between your 
a hairline to your eyebrows, eyebrows to nose, and nose to chin. These are all three equidistant objects. It covers 70% of the faces on Earth. And for the rest of the 30%, you can always use your mental measurements to, to tweak it. Some people have round chin, some people have a very clear, well-defined chin and that chin line so that um, so you can always like use your common sense and mental measurements to achieve that so that's that's the first thing is to um, take out the fear that portraits are tough second thing i want to do is like you know show you or uh, where to start where to start is also the the problems that i faced i always started with the with the right eye and with reference to that whatever comes in i used to draw that so that's something um, that I want to take away. I want to give you a structure. So a structure sets you free. I read this somewhere and somebody, yeah, it was in a communication class. A structure sets you free. A structure seems so confining, but at the same time, if you know the formula, just put that and like, you know, uh, the process will take care of the rest of the things. So you don't have to worry about how to start. Start with a circle divided into that um, that six small parts and take away the first part and then the rest of the five parts will be up to your mouth and draw an external seventh part which will be your chin. So now these seven parts, so the three parts that I told you about are covered by the two parts of uh, what we draw. So it's actually a, a, a three major sections of the face from hairline to eyebrow, eyebrow to nose, nose to chin. So that, that's, that's all the structure that will set you free. That's number two. And number three is like using your judgment to using your judgment to get the resemblance. Likeness is one of the most important thing in the portrait. So you want to make sure that your, your work, your portrait is uh, is in resemblance to the person you're trying to draw either it's from a picture or if you're doing it live we'll talk about this subject later on what's the difference from uh, drawing the picture and what's the difference uh, when doing it live and uh, there's there's a quick catch that i will get up in the end of this podcast so that's the section of how to draw a portrait before using watercolor now let's quickly talk about um, so your portrait is ready on the paper with pencil your drawing is ready on the on the paper now you want to draw now you want to paint it in watercolor so there are a few school of thoughts and there are very interesting school of thoughts so so you might have seen like a lot of whenever you search on YouTube the first things that you will find about watercolor portrait search for a realistic watercolor portrait uh, like top three guys that comes into the uh, watercolor portrait world on youtube and they're amazing one is jaehun sung misulbu and then chao yon painter so th these are all korean artists who uh, top three artists are korean artists who have actually made amazing um, space of their own in terms of portrait but there so one thing that is very common <clears throat> between 
uh, these three artists. It's a very uh, wet on wet based technique and that's wonderful. And a uh, good thing about the wet, wet on wet uh, technique is it gives you a very smooth wash. So it's a very uniform wash and then they, then they create the gradients with some layer, still the paper is wet and they again create the gradient uh, with this wet on wet, uh, already wet paper. But then there is another school of thought, which is very unique, um, especially done by Atanas Matsoreff. And also I think Stan, uh, Stan Miller comes into that category. And so this is another school of thought that they don't go and do the whole face at once with a big wash. They, they keep blocking um, the, the, uh, the highlights, the mid-tones and the darkest tones separately. And they use multiple colors in that, in the same layer. And it's, it's very few layers of, of paint, but to the exact, um, so they don't go like, you know, light and then darker and the darkest. They go, wherever dark is needed, I'll go with dark. Where, wherever is light is needed, I'll go light. So they're not doing a lot of layering. They're only like one or two or three at max, three or four layers. And then their, their portrait looks amazingly realistic. And it may not look very smooth, um, but uh, the level of realism that Matt Saraf has gotten, Atenas Matt Saraf, a Bulgarian artist, uh, you might think of him. Well, I think he he's a watercolor artist of this century uh, for me, it's, it's especially in this 21st century. I haven't seen uh, any better realistic watercolor artist than him. And he doesn't go for photorealism, but he goes for very natural realism. And you can still uh, see some imperfections uh, in his work, which is deliberate. Uh, so whatever, like, uh, this is what I think. Uh, there, there could be another perspective to that. And that, to me, attracts more. And that's also my style. I, I like him because, uh, it may be because I think the same way and I, I try to portray the same way. It's more of a Andrew White kind of uh, watercolor. Andrew White did it in um, Act Tempera. And you can see both these artists have a lot of resemblance. Uh, I think he, his Atnas Matsarov um, doesn't like, you know, he, he doesn't say that he is very inspired by Andrew White. He, he definitely admires him, but he always says that I cannot copy him. He's so great, but you can definitely see a lot of resemblance between these two people's work. And um, so, yeah, just coming back to this point, so there are two school of thoughts. One is like go, uh, like cover the whole face with wet on wet wash, gets very smooth skin. And uh, to be honest, the, the perception in Asia is, is a smooth skin. It's a very desirable quality to have. And, um, and they have it as well. If you look at the Asian people in China, Korea, Japan, and, and a few other countries, uh, they, they have a lot of smoother skin and uh, lesser variation or terrain 
in, in, in the face and then and then there is a another school of uh, when you go to more western country they have a little bit more variance and some 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 sort of different character to their skin in the western countries in indian um in, in uh, like brown people that that what comes to me when i look at my skin and also the things that we want to see if you see the iphone iphone never does like a skin correction but if you see like vivo oppo and all these other phones they have a pre uh, filter <laughs> in their portrait mode whenever you click a picture it, it automatically um, makes your screen smoother same samsung uh, does the same thing if i take a selfie from a samsung phone it comes out a lot more smoother which i don't like because i wanted to see the real skin tone a real skin uh, like i want to see some pores i at least want to see some details the major details in that and the iphone does that so this is also a mentality that how people perceive beauty in in various parts of the world so that's that's uh, where that school of thought comes in that that's what i believe or or like 90% of the portraits done these days are basically from the images the mobile captured by mobile phones or digital camera so they they also don't can't help it they try to get as close to what the reference image is and that's how the, this korean artist and most of the asian artists are getting closer to the very smooth transitions in the skin whereas the artists in uh, in west are going more towards like what uh, what iphone is showing them or what they want to uh, but if you see matt sarap's work most of his works are from a live model and and this technique changes when you do it from live model i'll tell you one of my experience in the in the end that how i got there and uh, and how it is different from painting uh, from a picture and what is different when you're painting it live so this school of thoughts and then there is another school of thought that is uh, if you can see in dean michel's work if you if you look at dean michel's work it's a combination of both or even if you see like a nick allen's work so nick allen's work and dean michel's work if you look at the washes the gradient is generally generated within the wet wash like this korean artist but it it um, it does not create soft edges it takes you to a point where you'll think oh this is something that is being done uh, very carefully and very smartly to create gradient within um, within that one um, diagonal or one um, one shape so they, it's basically they are creating they're not very smooth shapes but they give you there's a abstract quality to it but when you look at it it looks a lot more clearer than uh, than all other methods it looks more real so it it basically tricks your eyes so these are the three school of thoughts that i see and then um, then there is another one which is like uh, some indian artists are doing right now not creating a lot of depths in it and it is hugely 
derived from a uh, comic book as well that uh, you leave a shine right in front of the nose and you leave a shine near the cheek so leave that part completely white and do not uh, smudge the edge so that's also it looks really great though <laughs> uh, i must believe so so there are various ways you can uh, do your portrait in watercolor uh, the one i like is i don't go it depends on how much time i have so if like if i get a commission and uh, and the money is less in that commission i go with the very uh, smooth skin wash and uh, it makes things much easier to get layer on layer and get the portrait done so i spend that amount of time but i but when i like i'm doing somebody who is loved one or i got really I, if I get paid really well for that portrait, I go and give it some time and do with minimum layer, with a smaller brush and a lot of precision in the detail. Of course, I smoothen my edges, but I still do not deviate um, uh, from from the realistic values and realistic textures. I, I try to get that as well. So it, it falls somewhere around the second school of thought that I talked about, which is less layers, more precision. Oh, this was a very long section. Let's uh, jump into the next section and uh, talk about a few more artists and uh, what, what they do. And what are the challenges from photographs and the live portrait? <music> So the challenges from the camera photographs and the light portraits. So I already talked about how phones uh, are taking pictures these days and what they're doing um, with the with the skin tone and the quality of detail that we get that we receive. So it it already uh, smoothens it in most of the cases. I think in the Android, I think only Google Pixel. I own all these phones, so I know, I think Google Pixel does a really good job in capturing a very uh, real tone of the face and iPhones, obviously they do a, a tremendous amount of details capture. Um, but then there is the portrait mode where, you know, it, it, it somehow manages to screw up the background and the background is very important. And most of the portrait modes are uh, portrait modes are in bokeh, which dissolves your background, and so that it looks more three-dimensional. And I have no uh, nothing against it. The only thing is, like you know, I want to if I want to paint something from a real eye perspective, like a first-person perspective. If I'm looking at somebody, I also see the background. And how can I still manage to create this face three-dimensional and still not losing any details from the background? So that would be a perfect um, thing for me. So that's that's one of the big difference between painting uh, from a camera photograph, which was taken in a portrait mode, versus doing a live portrait. Second difference that I found is camera pictures are a better capture of, of of the surroundings of the face, especially the jaw lines 
and so I used to when I remember like when I used to um, to paint to sketch from life one of the mistakes that I always made was making a face a little bit wider or a little bit rounder than it actually is but in um, in cameras it, it does capture the outlines really well and then I uh, then I compared both of this work and then I made that mental correction in my head that okay so that if I'm drawing from live life and then I will see that this where's this person wherever my eyes concepting it a little bit round and a little bit wider because you know uh, when people look at you and they're aware that you're making portrait there's some kind of stiffness that comes in there while they're sitting and it's it it looks like a natural pose but it isn't and that and that uh, stiffness creates that little bit of extra jawline or a little bit of um, ad additional um, additional weight to their uh, to their face so I, I want to get rid of that so that's that's mental correction I, I do that and some people are very natural at it they don't care what you're doing at that time I get a really good look at the portrait so I'll just talk about uh, the live performance that I did so uh, interesting thing so in 2020 yeah I think yeah it was 2021 that was last year's July um, so there's a group in China it's a small city in Hafei where I live right now in China so there's there's a group of foreigners in China who work in art field so they do um, a festival and that festival was called Hachei uh, um, in, a, in a place called Hache, which is inside the city and it's mostly an art place and they do like live performances of uh, portrait read uh, sorry um, poetry reading and somebody will sing or somebody will read an essay or somebody will read a part of their own book and how easy these days to write books are it's, uh, it's amazing and then they and they called me and said like, oh, you do portraits. You can do live portrait there. I said, it's like, it's not a performing art, first of all. It is, uh, it is a long process to do that. And they gave a challenge to me, to, you know, one guy. So I said like, how do I fit this as a performance in this, um, which is basically a stage performance. And how do I fit this in, the, uh, in this whole scenario? So I teamed up with a guy who was doing a book reading and I said, all right, so how long are you going to read in the stage? And he said, uh, eight minutes, seven or eight minutes, 10 at tops. I said, and this, and they told me to do the portrait in that, <laughs> in that eight minutes. So I said, okay, this is really next to impossible. You want me to paint that? Uh, first of all, I need to draw that and then I have to paint. So even if I'm able to draw in two minutes, it will be very hard for me to um, to paint in, um, in in like three or four minutes to finish the portrait. And to my surprise, I was able to do that. The only thing I did was, so I went ahead a little bit early and I said, I met that guy for the first time who was going to do a book read. 
and I said, okay, all right, just sit in front of me, talk a little bit, and let me see if I can observe your face. And then I did a pre-sketch on the paper before he went onto the stage. And by that time, I, I already had the sketch on my paper. And, and I went ahead very quickly. And since it was a performing, performing art, I wanted to show off a little bit. And I did the whole wet on wet thing. Turned out great, turned out great. But the painting was still very wet when I stood up and showed it to the people. Luckily, it didn't flow, but it looked really great. And then I went on speaking about it for a couple of minutes onto the stage. So that was the live performance that I... I... But again, uh, coming back to the regular live portrait. So how long does it take to make it? it depends on what level of accuracy that you want to achieve. You can definitely get resemblance in the first 30 minutes of, uh, of doing a watercolor portrait. But if you want to go super realistic, I would suggest using less water each time and going slow on it. And so the difference between sketching and painting is, so the, the problem that I had that I used to, to sketch the, the faces wider got resolved when you start doing the painting because you, you, you create volume from your first stroke. That's the only difference between, uh, between the painting and when, when you're doing uh, like a sketching. So that's like, you know, you can go right ahead and the brush strokes are much more wider than the pencil stroke. So you start creating volume. So as soon as you start creating volume, you start getting the idea of like, you know, what is the structure of this face? What is the anato uh, like anatomy of this face? And then um, like, where's the cheekbone landing it? And you can get a very good detail. And I have done portraits even without doing um, uh, the drawing first. And uh, uh, like, you know, it's, um, if, you, if you can do that four or five times, it, you can easily see, yeah, uh, you can see that. Uh, yeah, I see that how it can be done. So uh, you can do that as well. Uh, but for me, um, if you're new at portrait, I would, I would suggest that, you know, um, first start getting better at drawing people's face. And then um, there's another method, always another method. Turn on your iPad and get that picture on the iPad and put a paper on it and trace it. If you're not good at drawing and you still don't want to get discouraged uh, about painting it. So you still, have, you still have all the rights to trace it and then go uh, choose one of the methods that, that you love to draw portraits. And, uh, or if I have missed out any other school of thought in the beginning of this podcast, please let me know. I don't know uh, like how to read the comments yet because Anchor, you know, Anchor has completely stopped giving us any kind of feedback from our own podcast. Uh, I really don't like it. A, a year ago it was there and now it's not there. So you guys can write to me on my Instagram, uh, in my DMs. I, I will always check that. 
So my Instagram handle is wasu.wc at the rate vasu.wc. And if you have any other questions or any other suggestions for this podcast, please feel free to do that. So I recorded a few episodes because I'm really sorry I didn't post it for almost a month now, but I did record like a couple of episodes and I was not so confident about the quality uh, of the recording. So I didn't uh, post it and I'm posting it now. And I want to talk about a little bit about my Skillshare class. And I try to, uh, you know, one of the major uh, reasons that I'm, um, I'm teaching on Skillshare is I want to make people's life easy. Like, you know, when, so there, there, there are so many videos out there on, on YouTube, so many classes out there on Skillshare. The only thing that uh, I want to do different, I, I didn't find for myself, you know, so many classes, so many YouTube videos, tutorials, and I'm, I was still ab- not able to follow a lot of them. What I needed, the kind of work I do, uh, it was not there. So I thought this could be different if I put it out there because I have learned it hard way. And the only way I teach is I do a strategy class first and simplify the things that we are going to do ahead. And that's, that's, uh, and take out that burden from your mind that this can, thing can be, this thing can, can be very complex. Of course, we are all doing complex things when we are painting, but a little bit of planning, a little bit of putting it into small pieces makes it a lot more easier. The whole point of painting it is to take your stress away not to add more and the constant um, failure that that people face constant disappointments that people face while while doing a painting can be taken away if you just know the right things know the results beforehand plan it and then do it makes it such a great experience oh one more thing that i wanted to say so i'm using this like the Apple Watch where you look at your heart rate. And of course I'm doing the, like some exercise and watch it. But I observed it whenever I'm painting, my heart rate is the lowest. And I have never noticed that even after doing some meditation. So if I'm doing meditation, it's around like 61, 62. I have seen it going as down as 49 when I'm painting and suddenly I think I should drink water and I check my watch and I look at it like you know six minutes ago this was this was 49 wow so that's that much amount of relaxation that you can get from painting so I, I haven't done any classes on how to do mindful painting because I really don't know how it's done frankly if you're painting with a lot of concentration it is, it's a lot better than meditation. That's proven to me, at least. Thank you, guys. I think, uh, uh, so nobody is sponsoring me, uh, this podcast. So I wanted to sponsor myself and put on my Skillshare out there. Just search for Vasu Sahu, V-A-S-U-S-H-U, 
so you already know my name that's on the description i also have uh, my skillshare page description on my podcast profile and i will definitely share a link of my latest class on this class on the skillshare but do ch- check out all six of them i haven't done like you know any unnecessary uh, addition into it it's all very precise one of the best things i do on my class i try to do is i do not make them um like a jump class or like you know a speed um time lapse class you can always see all my brush strokes and i make it so precise that most of my classes are done within an hour and even like 44 minutes paintings complete paintings including uh, including all the jibber jabber that i do about strategy and all so you can always always look at that thank you see you in the next episode probably i will post the next episode earlier than uh, the next sunday thank you so much